What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome one, welcome all. It is Tuesday, December 13th, 2022. It is Taylor Swift's birthday, which I'm sure uh, Dave Sturgio is very, very well aware of. Sturge is with us here. This is a Tuesday at 7 p.m. Central Time, which means we are live on the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel. You can watch us, of course, live uh, at your own convenience. You can listen on the Blog and the Boys podcast network if that is more your speed. We appreciate everyone who is hanging out with us. Uh, we will have a rather intense debate tonight, at least if today's Slack message is any indication of how the night is going to go. My name is RJ Ochoa. You know, all these people from all throughout the Blog and the Boys universe, I'm not going to offer these massive introductions because we'd be here for way longer than we have to be, and we're already late because of the aforementioned Dave Sturgeo. So if you are watching us, uh, we're going to go in clockwise order. Uh, he once climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. Tony Catalina had an internet issue but survived. Tony, welcome aboard this evening. I'm glad to be here. The part where you say something that's part of the conversation. That's the whole thing that we're doing here tonight. Tony, thank you very much for participating. Brandon Laurie, a.k.a. B2, um, you had what is not a signal of the Republic on your cup that you were drinking out of. Do you swear allegiance to the Republic or are you uh, part of the resistance? Uh, Man, Uh, I got to go with the resistance on that one. Good for you. Good for you. Uh, David Hellman, you were uh, bouncing around, frolicking around the DFW Metropolis last week. Did you come away with any sort of goodies? Just great memories. That's actually really sweet. Uh, oh, God. So, uh, wow. Uh, thank Lord. you uh, for that. Uh, B1, Brandon Sunshine. One. Uh, it was sunny. <laughs> the, uh, the OG, uh, Brandon Clements, is here as well. Congratulations to your Syracuse Orange National Champions. It's not often you can say that. So anytime you can, uh, it's a big deal. Congrats, Brandon. Thank you very much. First, uh, first time in history for the men's soccer program. Very nice. Now the football program just needs to... Uh, Get back from uh, 1959 and, and do some things. But All right, we're here to we're here to talk about uh, things that are practical and possible and yeah, within the realm yeah. of uh, likelihoods. So hey, yeah, on, on the bright side, though, Syracuse did Syracuse did just get an Alabama uh, transfer, so that was nice. All right, uh, joining us also uh, the potster of the day, I, I would have to say. Uh, within the Slack channel that was the one and only Danny Phantom. Uh, congratulations, Danny. Um, you know, Danny Phantom's your pseudonym. Um, T.Y. Hilton now joined the Cowboys. He goes by the ghost. So you two kind of both part of, um, you know, the afterlife in that sense. Yeah, but he makes more money than I do. Mm. You could have gone Phantom Menace and tied the like Republic resistance thing. That would have been a really great um, launching point for your team uh, when it comes to tonight's points activity. It is going to be a team event. Dave Sturgeo, you assigned the teams when you you messaged us. You said, I want to be on the roundtable tonight. We said, sure, we welcomed you with open arms. And then I said, let's do teams. And you picked you. You didn't even like allow for a draft or anything. You just, just divvied the lineup. I felt I, I literally felt like a schoolyard bully. I'm like, you, you and you, you come with me and then you guys are over there. <laughs> like it was just it was very intimidating, to be honest with you. <laughs> wow. Uh, AJ has assigned. I don't know who these five points are to, but plus five for bringing Dave. Um, 
I don't again. I don't know who who would get those points, but uh, I, I did say tonight is going to be a team event. It's going to be three on three. I will of course be the independent uh, guide through this forest, through this journey. Uh, Dave Sturgio, it was your pick. I'm going to line you up in teams. It's you, Tony Catalina, and of course I moved Brandon around. That was a mistake. And Brandon Laurie B two against David Howman, Danny Phantom, and Brandon Clements. Why did you line the teams up this way, Sturge? Well. Obviously, my paisan I, from first and ten. I you got to bring Tony over here with me. And uh, I, I from everything that I'm hearing, reading, and following, I, I dig B two right now. I, I I think that he's he's bringing a lot to the table, and I think he's got some flavor. And I like his backdrop. He seems like he's got a good mic. He's he's rocking the the uh, the true brand Dallas. I mean, what what's not to like about the guy? I think I got I got confidence in him. B two. I mean, kind of a nice moment for you, if we're being hey, honest. I gotta say that's high praise. You know what? I, I wore the hat because I know Tony usually wears a hat. I, in honor of the World Cup, I figured our team name would be Hat Trick. Yeah, you got three of us and everything. Uh, cool. Tony, go get a hat. Hurry up. Yeah, I know. Yeah, go get yeah, a hat. drop the ball. <laughs> um, you are dropping the ball because your um, video is not lining up with your audio. You are still having internet issues, so hopefully that doesn't weigh your team down. Sturch was very excited to partner up with you, God. and you may be uh, the weak link. So we will see. Uh, B1, Samuel Rowe uh, offers a super chat. Says Seton Hall owns that whack Cuse dome ACC <laughs> trash. Um, sorry, oh. Brandon. Um, tough Get scene. out of here with that. Come on, Samuel. Come on. AJ baby. has offered three points to Team Hat Trick. I like the idea of team names uh, to B2 for the Dave Danucci hat. So um, as we line things up, Danny Phantom, you are in charge of naming y'all's team. So we have Team Hat Trick versus. That would be the part where you offer the team name. So I got yeah. one for it. How about the the Garrett Lovin? Uh, what? Work well, David Howman's on that team, so I don't think that that's going to work. Oh. But um, <laughs> very true. Very true. Uh, Howman, Sturch do you is, have a? Go ahead, uh, Dan. No, uh, Sturch is not naming our team. That's all. That's no. all. <laughs> no. I'm just no. glad I didn't have to stay next to you. I was feeling very uncomfortable. I was down. Yeah, me too. Right gotta... Somebody had to move me up. Um, Howman, what do you want y'all's team name to be? I kind of want to go with. Uh, Danny Phantom Menace. Okay. You know what? Howman was listening early on because I wanted that tie in that callback. So five points to Danny Phantom Menace to start the nine off. They no have the OBJ. lead. Um, that is well done. Uh, Kevin offers team no BJ um, as that. So um, that is tough. Um, David Smith offers team Carrier Dome. Um, like that would have been a lot of fun as well. Thank I you. like this idea from Skyler says, I want RJ to have a team member swap coin. Use it whenever you see fit um this was not part of the pre-show discussion but you know what i'm instituting it i have one coin at one point i can i may not necessarily do it swap two members of a team all right so you can go from winning to losing i like this i i, I like the world that we're living in tony how do you feel about this i like it sorry if my wi-fi cooperates i like it <laughs> um well you know what sturch b2 i might help you out here throw you solid and swap tony out you know what i mean he's gonna weigh you guys down uh let's get the night started um and we're gonna throw because sturch you set things up um you're you've effectively deferred uh we're gonna go to team danny phantom menace you guys can take this however you want are the cowboys closer to their minnesota selves or houston selves we're all wondering is this team really who we just saw against the Houston Texans that played like crap for 57 minutes and, and pulled off the, I guess, a hat trick, so to speak? Or are they the dominant team that we saw dismantle the Houston, excuse me, the Minnesota Vikings? Danny Phantom, your thoughts? Well, right now I'm really sad about what I just saw, so it's it's a really tough time to ask me that. But I think for sure that we're, we're, we're closer to the Minnesota selves. I mean, I think there's too much that we've put on display that would tell us that. That's why it's kind of surprising to me that, what happened on Sunday happened. So 
But yeah, I mean, between the two, I, I'm, I'm definitely we're we're closer to Minnesota. Sturge. Um, honestly, I think that this is a good team and your record says what you are. They're 10 and three. So we have had 10 more appearances except for this past weekend where we're a, a good sound football team. And, um, I don't, I don't think that, you know, and Mike McCarthy said it best after this kind of win will, will pay off a little bit more down the road. Like anybody, they know what they're lining up with every Sunday. They have talent on this team. They have the ability to score points in bunches. We've seen that. Uh, what we haven't seen is, is them actually pick one out of adversity this year, really. I mean, you're thinking about, like, yes, there's close games, and, yes, they've kind of fought through and through, but this one was like, okay, you got 98 yards, you have Dak Prescott, show me something, and they did. So this, they, I think they're better off for it. Rex Morgan says, we stacked another win. Move on already. Brandon Clements, do you feel like that is the case? Should we be saying, hey, a win is a win is a win is a win? We're not going to apologize for this. Absolutely. A win is a win is a win is a win. Absolutely. And and uh, uh, Jaron Kursa uh, kind of uh, threw some threw some shade at the media about uh, the ugly wins uh, portion. And mm -hmm. I guess what it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you win by forty. You win by one. It's a win. So uh, and they are closer to the Minnesota selves. Uh, you know the performance overall was not pretty. But here's the thing: they pulled it out. They, that 98 yard drive that Sturge was just mentioning. I think it was 11 plays. They that was that was a perfect drive. And and to be honest with you, I think the switch from Josh Ball after Terrence Steele's injury to uh, Jason Peters was the catalyst for that because I felt like Dak didn't I think Dak as soon as he saw Jason Peters on his right side I think he felt way more comfortable and that and it paid off in, in a big way at the end of the game uh Brandon Laurie Kevin says he blames Vegas obviously the Cowboys were depending on when you looked 16 17 point favorites um do you think that our emotional state right now is a product of um, maybe some some smelling ourselves, not the Cowboys themselves, but but us maybe kind of, you know, enjoying the hype. Maybe we took the cheese. Maybe we, you know, we, we were up on Mount Pies. Ha ha, Eagles, you struggle with the Colts. And, and now we've got to eat some humble pie. Yeah, I guess a little bit. Uh, I would say that I think we knew when we saw the three game stretch of, you know, playing the Colts, the Texans and then the Jags coming up, how like once the season was progressing that that these are not very good teams these are not the top echelon of the nfl and i think that when we saw the denver game last season i think that was always going to be in the back of our minds saying okay you know is this going to happen again and i think after we saw the beatdown that happened against the colts especially at home you know at at&t stadium you're thinking oh well they can handle their business against the texans i think that a little confidence probably goes a long way with the vegas odds um but i also think too that we saw what the team was like on the opening drive and the final two minutes. That's all I need to see, like how you start a game and how you close out a game. And yes, that might not matter against like the tougher competition come playoff time, but that goal line stand, which is kind of being underrated right now, uh, was one of the best. And that's something that can translate when you play these tough playoff teams. And I think that if they didn't, you know, they were unsuccessful and the Houston Texans scored at the, the final drive that they had. It's sort of like, OK, well, you know, can they do this against the tough competition? I think that when we saw that backs up against the wall, it, it's, it gives a little bit more confidence to that. David Hellman, you wrote your McCarthy Chronicles today on Tuesday for anyone watching or listening after the fact. Um, how much criticism is fair to put on, on the shoulders, the feet of Mike McCarthy? It was it was very, very talked about how he did not want players taking the cheese, whatever, but they did. Um, I, I mean, you know, they, they did kind of feel themselves. They did kind of overlook this Houston Texans team. I mean, how you know, you called it adversity. I mean, what what is what, what are our thoughts on Mike McCarthy right now? Well, I think uh, I, I think part of it, like McCarthy talked about with not eating the cheese, you know, every, every coach will say that in a game like this. And, you know, it, it's it's really ultimately out of their control as to whether the team actually heeds that advice or not. But what what does reflect more so back on the coach is the fact that when the game came down to it, the Cowboys got that 
you know, Demarcus Lawrence had that stop at the goal line. Then they stopped him on fourth and goal. Then they drove 98 yards and scored to, to go ahead and win the game. Um, so they, they had this game where they were completely for, for the entire game, just playing down to their opponent's level. They were not playing like themselves. And on top of it, they were losing players. I mean, Taryn Steele is out for the year. Jake Ferguson and Jonathan Higgins didn't finish the game. So it was just a whole lot of things not going right for them in this game against a team. They should have blown the doors off and still they, they kept their heads in it. They responded to me that reflects more so on McCarthy than the fact that they came out and played slow and didn't take care of business when they should have at the very beginning. Um, you know, and that's kind of been the case with McCarthy all year and, and going back to last year a little bit too, is, you know, they're not going to have their best, their A game every single game, but they do respond. They do find ways to win. Um, you know, we started by talking about, is this their Minnesota selves or the Houston selves? Well, that Vikings game was a response to coming out flat and blowing that game against the Packers. That was their response. And then even in this game, they didn't even have to wait till the next week. They got to the fourth quarter, they got the ball back, and they responded right then and there. They won the game. To me, that speaks volumes. Kevin awarded you five points. Halman, um, an earlier comment from Kevin said that the Cowboys are the only team in the sports that gets flack after a win. Tony, I know your internet is struggling, but um, you know, I don't know if you have a cable provider, if you're a streamer, but if you did watch Monday Night Football on the pregame show, um, Burger McFarland did kind of, you know, go to bat for the Cowboys, said, hey, wait a minute, like if this had been Tom Brady, I mean, everybody fell all over themselves. Sturge, I know you made a joke about it on first and 10, uh, but Baker Mayfield executes this, this comeback drive on Thursday Night Football, and it's, whoa, oh my gosh, what's going on? Tony, do you think that... Um, I think it's fair for us to say, look, a lot of bad happened, but they, when they had one shot, one opportunity, um, you know, the Detroit Lions getting all the love, um, they pulled it off. I mean, they deserve credit despite digging that hole themselves, Tony Kelly. Yeah, I mean, yeah, ultimately, so, uh, it's what ends up happening at the end of the game is all the... Is it no good? <laughs> you no, know, you're fine. You're fine. It's Go just ahead. a little delayed, but you could do it. Just, just answer, Tony. We're here for you. Okay. Um, yeah. So at the end of the day, what happens at the end of the game is all that really matters in this whole situation. Um, you go and play bad for 58 minutes, you play down to opponent and that's, you know, that's tough. And, you, and that's kind of what we've seen over the last few years with the Cowboys teams. Uh, if we want to see something different, but like you said, Dak Prescott putting the team on his back going 98 yards and kind of finding a way to win a football game is the difference that I've always trying to find. Like I've said it on the first and 10 podcast, this team uh, is, you know, they, in years past, they would have lost that football game. They would have been embarrassed. They would have been a tough loss, but now uh, for them to come out of that, find a way to win the football game, I think they're going to learn a lot from this. I like this comment from Kevin. Um, five points to Kevin says, I have been super critical of Dak's interceptions, but at the end of the day, you pay a quarterback franchise money to give you a chance to win on his worst day. Dak did that. That is very true. Uh, Danny Phantom, Rex Morgan has taken away three points from you for those tree lights. It is very festive, uh, but uh, a bit of a bright sort of situation there. If you have a neighbor across the street, they might be wondering what's going on inside your office um, setting right there. Um, okay, so I will tell you all um, right now, we are um, we are at a score of 15 to 12. Danny Phantom Menace has the lead, uh, which means we will go to the other side of the fence for this question. This came up a lot in our post game show here on the Blog of the Boys YouTube channel, Sturge. Um, a lot of people kind of saying this. I don't think anybody was like slinging arrows or throwing mud or anything like that, but people were questioning Micah Parsons. And it, it does feel like we, we haven't had like M Micah has been so incredible throughout his Cowboys career that like normal good is sort of disappointing for him now. So are we even 1% worried? about him right now even if it's injury related are we one percent worried about micah parsons compared to what he normally is so over dinner tonight i actually watched uh he's live on the von miller podcast right now and i was actually tuning into that right before we went live 
he's fine. He's more than fine. He loves this sport. He's he's very, very okay. The only thing I could say about this past Sunday's performance and the times that he disappears, not disappears, but just isn't, doesn't come up on the stat sheet as much. I mean, like Leighton Vanderish had 15 tackles or something, like 18 tackles, something, something crazy, right? So everybody's going to get their shine. I think this Texans team came out in a way different situation than what we were expecting as far as the multiple quarterback sets, the RPOs, this, that, and third. There wasn't much time for Micah Parsons to get in there. And I know Parsons is usually in there like a shot out of a cannon, right? We always see him. He just blows right by the tackle. But I think the Texans were ready for that. And as bad as the Texans are on the record book, Lovey Smith is still a good coach. I've always liked the guy uh, outside of that field goal decision. I don't really understand about that. But overall, I think they were prepared to eliminate Micah by not letting Micah be Micah. So I'm not worried about that. That's not a blueprint by any stretch because Trevor Lawrence is another quarterback coming up that can kind of move outside the pocket. There was also times that draft Driscoll thought, you know what? I got this angle here. And all of a sudden the lion came out of nowhere and just swarmed him. So I'm not worried about Micah Parsons at all. He's the leader of this defense outside of Demarcus Lawrence. Um, yeah, I'm not, that's, that's not even an ounce in my brain right now. Danny Phantom, 1% worry. Do you have any? Yeah, I mean, when you get numbers at me, I'm gonna I'm gonna be go with the realistic values. Um, I mean, I'm a little slightly, or maybe three percent. Uh, the thing is, is so I, I'm only halfway through the all twenty two, and and he was he was sensational early. He I mean he was doing the Demarcus Lawrence things where statistically you don't see it, but he was just doing a lot of shedding, a lot of stuff. But he did start to seem like he's tiring. Um, so I'm a little worried that what's it going to be like for him down the stretch? Is he going to get a little bit? Worn out. Well, one thing I will say that makes me less worried is between the play of Leighton Vanderesh and Damone Clark. I mean, those guys are just flying to the side. So I'm not. We're not. We don't need to use Micah, you know, as the linebacker. So they can. They actually are, are afforded the luxury to kind of just be able to to play him situationally. Let him, you know, pin his ears back and attack the quarterback. So, and I think that will come in huge. But I mean, you yeah, you definitely saw him kind of like slowing down in some plays like actually you know the even the play that Sturge is talking about um Parsons would have just drilled him way sooner you know normally he was just kind of he almost got beat to the edge so uh but a little worried not a lot worried me too yeah I'm not worried at all because I look at also too Mike and when he doesn't break a sweat he still creates a huge impact you look at that final drive when the Texans are trying to score to to, to win the game Great point. you have Laramie Tunsil you know kind of flinching and and he's a you know former all pro you know pro bowl left tackle and you know he's a guy who's seen a lot he's a very well experienced but Micah Parsons is making him nervous he's making him scared he's peeing down his leg man that, yeah. was, that was rough, yeah, that was really <laughs> rough. oh my gosh wow. you, you see in that moment what Micah Parsons means and he doesn't have to do anything you know so I think that in itself, you know that he's constantly in the back of the minds of these offensive tackles. And, you know, that opens up other possibilities for guys across from him, like Demarcus Lawrence or Dorrance Armstrong. So I'm not really worried. I think, yes, maybe there might be a little fatigue. Maybe, you know, injuries are starting to pile up a little bit. Again, this is kind of his his second season, but also, you know, taking more defensive end reps. Um, and, and the, you know, like Sturge brought up too, the RPOs, the dual quarterbacks, also the quick game, you know, the Texans wanted no part of the pass rush. So they wanted to just get the ball out. It was like an average of like two, two seconds or something like that. I think Danny might've posted about that too. So it's just, you see that these teams are trying to get the quick game established so that they don't have to deal with the pass rush of the, of the Cowboys. So I, I'm not worried at all. 
Yeah, it does feel like we're sort of used to Micah being this lion that hunts like a gazelle, but this was like like when like a human being gets in like a ring with like a chicken and has to catch it. Like it was a totally different competition than what we're sort of sort of normally used to seeing. So we have Sturge and B2 not at all worried. Um, Sturge did lay these teams out. Danny Fintum, yeah, oh, of course. Yeah, I'm not, you know, it's 1%. Maybe I'm at 3%. So I'm curious, B1, are you even 1%? Are you going to stick with your teammate? Are you going to throw him under the bus? Sorry, Dan, I got to throw him under the bus, man. Wow. Great strategy. Uh, Micah the unicorn, man. I, I just... I'm not too worried about him getting beat on one, essentially beat on one angle by uh, Jeff Driscoll. I mean, Driscoll's a hell of an athlete. He, I mean, he proved it in college too. And even, even in the NFL these days, he's, you know, he's not a great passer except for that Rogers throw he had uh, this past weekend, but he's, he's known as a runner. So he's a very good athlete. I do, I do say that Mike is definitely nicked up, but everybody's nicked up at this point. So it's been a, it's a long season. So I'm not, I'm not too concerned about it. And, and to be honest, to, to be two's uh, point, I believe it was like, yeah, right around two seconds. The, they were, the Texans were getting the ball out quick. So I think the Texans, you got to give credit to them for essentially scheming, uh, scheming uh, Micah and that pass rush out of the game, which, uh, which obviously made it a little bit tougher because uh, Micah couldn't get in a sack. And, and uh, it was just one of those days. I mean, Micah's not going to, he's not going to have two sacks every single game. He's not going to fill up the stat sheet with 10 tackles every game. He still had five. So, I mean, it's not like he wasn't there. He was he was in the place. He just wasn't filling the stat sheet completely. So I just uh, you know I just I don't see I don't see it being a big issue. Again, he's he's nicked up. Everybody's nicked up. I'm not concerned. David Hellman, break the tie on Team Danny Phantom Menace. Yeah, I I agree with Danny here. I am worried. Um, I I would I would in solidarity I'll go up to three percent, but definitely <laughs> uh, definitely not you know no, nothing chaotic no no panic yeah like like worry doesn't mean like panicked it just means right. like the like a, a non-zero quantity that's it yeah it, it's it's definitely something that I'm I'm watching now and it's funny because Sturch mentioned how he was on uh, he's on Von Miller's podcast and a direct quote from him on that podcast just a little bit ago he says people don't understand that trench warfare I'm not gonna lie. When I was playing linebacker a whole lot last year, my body was way more fresh. There were some plays I wouldn't get touched. When you're on the line, you're getting touched every play. And so that's Micah right there admitting, like, he's wow. getting worn down more. Now Owning Sturge with his right, example. Mute, mute guy. Wow. <laughs> Keep going, Halvin. And so, and, and that was that was kind of, that was kind of my concern initially when, when this year started and they were playing a much more on the line is, well, how's his body going to hold up? And you know, obviously he's still playing at a very high level and, you know, he was much better in the first half of the Texans game than he was in the second half. But it does, does kind of worry you as we get into the late later portion of the year and, and you're kind of relying on him to be at his best physically because his speed is just so overpowering. Uh, and there are times where he's not even on the field because now they have to rotate him in and out so that he stays fresh. So again, it's 3% max. I'm not actually like, worried like going into each game thinking like they've got micah figured out but you know it's not a not a hundred percent confidence at this point um tony um you know your buddy sturch set y'all up and and had the rug pulled out from your team so i mean i don't know you know this this overall point might go to to the other team here unless you can salvage something out of this are you worried one percent three percent zero percent where are you at I'm really not worried about Michael Parsons at all, to be honest with you. I think, uh, you know, Sturch talked about it and, um, you know, in, in Brandon even brought it home too, in the sense that what he does 
And, and, you know, and even Danny, Danny on the other team said, you know, it's the things that you don't see on the stat sheet that Michael Parsons is so good at. Like he affects the games in so many different ways that like, yeah, it's not going to be a stat sheet stuffer every single week, but, but teams know him they know what he, where he is and they understand his role and what, and what he's like there to do. So that Laramie Tunzel stuff was just like, I was honestly laughing about it. Like Tunzel was so worried about him. He couldn't even get in his stance and get off like a kick set, like clean because he was so worried about Michael Parsons being there. So. You know, there's going to be games where the stats aren't, you know, gaudy, but there are, you know, I'm not worried about Micah Parsons, right? This team and this defense truly is going to go as far as Micah Parsons takes them. And I truly believe that. Um, so an update on where we're at uh, through two questions. Team Danny Phantom Menace has 35 points. Team Hat Trick has 30 points. Um, so um, part of that is, Tony, you didn't go get a hat. You had a chance. You know what I mean? It would have been <laughs> awesome. You guys are all for the visual audience who could have all literally had a hat, a hat trick, three of you. I mean, it was right there. Um, you know, it's not too late, I suppose, although it kind of is. Um, your audio was clean. I know you were asking. So I'm about to ask another question. But while the answers are floating around, I would like each of you two teams to kind of congregate amongst each other. We have a Slack network. You can do it however you'd like. And I want each of you as a team to come up with a question for the other team. So after we get through this round, this question, we're going to ask your question to the other team. So take your time to kind of work with one another. Uh, you will be graded on the legitimacy of your question, if it's a good question, and of course, how you answer the opposing team's question. Everybody caught up on the rules so far? Yeah, Brandon, uh, take care of that. Just do the... <laughs> Thanks. You, if you want, you can delegate one person to come up with a question. Uh, you can Slack it to me, text it to me, DM it to me, whatever. Uh, but we will get that up after this question. So we will continue to go uh, with the team who is trailing here uh, with the honor. So once again, Team Hat Trick, that is you. Um, pretty general thing. You can kind of take this however you want. How should the Cowboys handle their offensive line? Uh, Danny is very uh, morose. Terrence Steele now out for the season with a torn ACL and MCL. But Tyron Smith coming back. Team Hat Trick, whoever wants to go first. Uh, I'll just, I'm not worried about, uh, or as far as ha how to handle it, it's very simple. You saw that last drive. That's how you handle it. That that's exactly how you handle it. And then you insert Tyron Smith when he's in there. So Tyron Smith will come in there, play left tackle. You'll slide the kid in to play left guard. You'll have Martin obviously over there. And then you have Jason Peters. Now, the only thing I could say about Jason Peters is this based off the fact that we've heard the coaching staff or specifically McCarthy say there was a rotation, which could be honestly the most moronic thing to possibly do because I believe in camaraderie and I believe in continuity on the offensive line. But my worry is fatigue. My worry is can Jason Peters play a whole game? You know what I'm saying? We, we haven't really required him to do so, but I will say that the, the, the way to play this is Jason Peters kick him out until he can't be kicked out anymore. Honestly, that's why we signed the guy. That's why it was such a big signing in, in a time where, most of the guys maybe even here right now are saying, why didn't we address this? Why didn't we address this? We addressed it, and we got it. We're solved. And it's so funny because I'm pretty sure last week when we were talking about the hype for Tyron Smith coming back, we're like, well, we're all set on the right side. This is great. You know, and then here we are. One week later, we're talking about Terrence Steele, you know, being out for the year. I think that's the solve. I don't even know if there's another solve. Uh, the biggest solve of it all is to tell Mr. Ball that he's no longer needed in Dallas <laughs> because he's that bad. Uh, Danny Phantom, the Cowboys have forced us to eat a lot of crow, you less than others, um, for all the things that we doubted them for. And one of them was their belief in Josh Ball. They stuck by Josh Ball, despite the fact that Tyron Smith was hurt and he was not at all a viable option for them to pursue as far as uh, their permanent left tackle while he was out, even though he was in contention for the swing tackle position. But don't worry, he's better on the right side. Trust us. We know what we're talking about here. He is way better on the right side. 
all only to be benched in the final moments for somebody who hadn't done it in a decade, um, who did it flawlessly for what it's worth to search his point and to Brandon B1's point a little bit while a little while ago. Um, should Josh Ball be anywhere near this, Danny? I mean, it's understandable that there is a an acclimation process or acclimation period for Jason Peters, but an argument could be made that Josh Ball is kind of directly responsible for the second Dak Prescott interception that should have lost the game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and no, he shouldn't be. And uh, this, the, the thing that's really, the only time we should see Josh Ball is like we did in the Colts game is when Cooper Rush is playing quarterback, you know, when he's, those are good quality minutes for Josh Ball, but I, I'm really um, confused on how Jason Peters has been on that team for like 10 weeks and McCarthy decided that if Terrence Steele gets hurt, we're going to roll out Josh Ball. He's going to be the guy we go to first. That part really angers me. Um, I don't understand that at all. So I, to me, I think we need to reverse it. I, I don't know the answer to to the what who should be where on the Cowboys' offensive line. I think there's going to be a lot of things that need to happen for us to find that out. But I think we got to reverse engineering. Engineering, and the first thing to do is not have anything to do with Josh Ball. So we start there, and now work our way through. So who's going to be at right tackle is the big question. Jason Peters seems like the right choice, but you know what are you going to do with with Tyler Smith? I mean, is there a scenario where you have the two Smiths play the edge and handle the, you know, handle the um, the tackle positions, and then you know work work Peters in? Maybe I don't know. It's a, it's a really tough question. I wish I don't think there's an easy answer for, for it, and I think this will be the challenge the coaching staff has. But I don't. I'm honestly not liking to hear what you know. They're going to kind of just play with some things and. We're going to see Josh Ball play on Sunday. I, I, I just this whole thing makes me a little bit unnerved. Serge, you had a follow up. Yeah, is there is there any truth to the matter? I mean, we're not at practice. We get the reports from the guys, you know, the beat writers that are there. But I mean, honestly, if Josh Ball has been getting right tackle reps in practice at any point throughout the course of the ten weeks that Jason Peters has been there, and Peters has been helping out with the left side and the left guard. You know, maybe it's your knee-jerk reaction, like, all right, who's the guy that's been taking the most reps at right tackle? And then he just throw him out there, and they realize, okay, this is a bad move, and a good coach makes a decision in a bad move. They don't Chaz Green themselves uh, like Jason Garrett. But, and, no, great. That's a great point. And um, yeah, the only thing is that um, you know, ball almost cost us the game. So I don't know. You can you can look at that, but uh, McCarthy still. But I, they I didn't still, expect that though. Like they sent them out there, and then all of a sudden, yes, well, he, they well, wound up. Like, well, I guess you don't have a good a good understanding of your players then if uh, if if that's the result you're going to get. So I understand the point you're making and, and for sure these young guys need reps, but uh I don't think that Josh Ball was ready to to play and I mean if you feel differently, if you think we should give him a shot, go ahead, but you know we're, it, it, I tell you what, you look at that play. We're very close to Prescott. I mean being an out another 6 weeks. You know, because the ball got, you know, his hand got hit. Do you really want Josh Ball out there? No, you get your best players out there. I don't care where he is in the development. You get your best. You got to pr- protect Dak Prescott. So I'm sorry, defending McCarthy there is, is I think that's weak. That was a big mistake. So, so making the, the mid-game change, knowing that they, they, they just got assaulted on the offensive line was a bad coaching move? No, that was smart. I mean, they didn't compound the problem, but they, he should have never been out there. Well, like, well I mean, then why, have, then why is he on the team? Like, you know, like that you can go kind of have this conversation a million different ways. Like, Same it's stupid to have on the team, you know, I mean, or fullback. I mean, yeah, like it's it's stupid to like to go down that path. But they made that bet with Josh Ball, like back in training camp. They they Their plan was Josh Ball to be the swing tackle. Right. Like that. That was literally the plan, you know, entering this and season. And, 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 and that will got, let's go. That, those are, that was their plan. You know, and it's Jason Peters is on this team now. 
I know, but I mean, the, he didn't. They did not sign him to play right tackle. They signed him as a reaction because of the Tyron Smith injury to play left tackle, and Tyler Smith saved them. And you know, Jason Peters just became house money that they didn't have to burn up until they kind of fell into a hole on Sunday afternoon. Um, it's been said by many people that you know the previous regime would have lost this game. You we start. You mentioned the name Chaz Green. That was Chaz Green. That was leaving Chaz Green on an island. You got to beat your man. You got to find a way. You got to do it. And instead, you know. Again, it's kind of like the the game as a whole. Like, yes, they left Josh Ball in there. It was really bad. It was really embarrassing. It was awful. But when the going got tough, when they had to have one thing, they turned to Jason Peters because they believed that that was the better path. Um, Tony Catalina, um, who's the swing tackle on this team? It's a great question. It can't possibly, and I'm going to chime in on this, it can't possibly be Josh Ball. It it is, though, right? Who is it if it's not him? It's got... We just I mean, swung the, Peters out to the right, so he's the swing well, tackle. Well, that's the that's the <laughs> and, thing, and, right? To be clear, in that world, we're all living left to right: Tyron, Tyler, Tyler, Zach, Jason. So, like, who is your swing tackle option? Of, you know, Collins. Like, what? You know, what? No, yeah, they, that's the thing. They they slip McGovern back into a guard spot, and they put Tyler Smith somewhere. And you know, I don't think Tyron Smith is going to play on the right side. But in a worst case scenario, it's got to be Tyler Smith. I mean, Josh Ball. Like, this is one of those situations where the Cowboys got extremely lucky in my mind, right? It almost unfolded in a terrible way where, you know, two back-to-back plays that were so horrendous that they said enough is enough. Even Jason Peters said he was about 10 seconds away from going up to Philbin and say, like, let me get a shot at it before Philbin said, you're going in. So, like, his play was so poor, and there is no doubt about his poor play that they, like, it made the decision for the Cowboys. If he went out there and was like, bad just if he was just bad and not horrendous like he might be going out there next week you know so that's a you sometimes you're like okay you'd rather be lucky than good the the, the question to answer who is the swing tackle isn't an easy one because they're gonna have to play jenga to try to make it work mm. by the way tony nathan has given you five points because and this nathan's exact comment i have always wanted to give him points and finally was able to catch a live stream how does that make you feel tony that like nathan has been living to give you some points here Nathan's my guy. What can I say? <laughs> um, five points to Nathan. Give five points back to Nathan right now. Give him uh, have all of them. Uh, David Hellman, it does feel like the Cowboys have gone, at least as far as the offensive line is concerned, from um, the house that the little, little piggy built out of bricks to, like, the house of twigs. You know, we're like, wait a minute. Like, the foundation isn't as strong here. Like, there's a storm coming. Like, the wind's about to blow. Like, we're not the house of straw up in New York. But, like, this is not what we had going on. It is a little bit worrisome. Um, I, I, I wouldn't say that. I, I think it's wow, so you're worried like about Micah, but more not the offensive line. Wow. Than Micah Parsons for me, <laughs> only slightly more worrying. Um, I mean, keep in mind week one, we were saying the same thing when, when Tyron Smith was down and they were going to start Tyler Smith, he turned out to be great. And, and what I keep coming back to is Joe Philbin has earned our trust this year. This offensive Fair. line has way outperformed anyone's expectations. And even in this game, like we were just talking about, you know, they put out Josh Ball because he's been the one that's been getting work on the right the right side. Jason Peters hasn't gotten work on the right side in who knows how long. And they put out Josh Ball. He very clearly showed that he wasn't ready. They put in Peters. They made the right coaching decision. That right there, to me, reinforces the idea that we can trust in Philbin. We can trust in McCarthy that they're going to make the right decision. Now, that being said, having gone back and watched Josh Ball's play when he was on the field, those two plays that we keep on harping on were disastrous. They were horrible. They went about as poorly as they could have gone. Only way it can get worse is if Josh Ball doesn't recover that fumble after he gives up the strip sack. That being said, 
Ball also played 12 whole pass pass plays in that game, only gave up two pressures, and it was those two plays. So there were 10 other plays where he's in pass protection, and he doesn't get beat. He doesn't give up pressures. He was also significantly better uh, in the run game, and he's been throughout his time with the Cowboys, he's been a better run blocker. Not for nothing in uh, Pro Football Focus's player grades for this game, he graded out as the best run blocker on the team. So I think we see those two plays that almost completely, you know, shifted the whole tide of the game. And we jump to the reaction of, well, he's just horrible. He's trash. There's nothing good about him, but there is some positives there. There is there. He did show something to work on, but obviously when it came down to it with that final drive, they knew that they couldn't leave him out there. And part of that also, I think has to do with confidence too, after you give up those two plays back to back, but I'm interested to see if they are going to go ahead and rotate him out with Jason Peters, like some think they might. I'm interested to see how he rebounds from it. Howman mm. is that guy. Howman is definitely that guy that's like that meme that where the dog is in the, the burning building. He's like, everything's fine. <laughs> like, that, I don't know. Howman's kind of sold me. Like, I'm the praises of Josh Ball. What are we doing here? <laughs> no, he sang the praises of trust the group that we doubted that proved us wrong. I mean, sure. and that's kind of fair. And, you know, okay, so uh, Tony, Brandon, too, you both raised your hands. You're on the same team. I don't know if you want to divvy this up or whatever. By the way, <laughs> Team Danny Phantom Menace, I do not have your question for the other team. I do have theirs for you. So maybe you kind of want to get this together. Wow. Tony, you first, then B2. I'm prepared. Yeah, I, uh, for me, I, I think that the difference when I look at the Josh Ball or Jason Peters kind of situation here is I, I'm not expecting all pro Hall of Fame Jason Peters to step in and just be some stalwart at right tackle. What I'm looking at is who's bad is going to be really bad, right? Like Jason Peters, I have more confidence in the fact that his bad is going to look athletic. <laughs> it might, it might, It might look decent right josh balls is game wrecking bad right you know they jason peter's probably going to give up some sacks right he's going to give up some pressures that it just comes with the business like the, being an offensive lineman if you give up three sacks and you win 57 pass plays that's a bad day you know what i mean so it's it's one of those things where the the poor could be really poor for Josh Ball. And I think the Cowboys are trying to hedge their bets a little bit and trying to, um, you know, how how bad could they, like, mitigate the the, the nonsense here, I guess, to, so to speak. It's Josh Ball is um, – He's fine. He may develop, and maybe next year he is part of the rotation in some sense. But we're we're looking here. We're trying to sign Odell Beckham. We're trying to sign T.Y. Hilton. We're trying to make moves to win Super Bowls. I, I can't imagine this team, you know, being in the Super Bowl with Josh Ball as the starting right tackle. That's a scary proposition to me. B-Dose. Yeah, I, I, we're in week 15. You know, if this was week three, week four, I could, I could see it. The one thing that concerns me, and I wrote this down, that, you know, we, we were hearing that there might be a rotation at right tackle. So, you know, Ball, Peters, okay. Well, Tyron, if he's going to be worked in, he's not going to be getting a full workload at left tackle. So, okay, so you have to put Tyler Smith in at left tackle. Well, that means Connor McGovern's going to be in at guard. But when Tyron's at left, guard, at left tackle, who's going to be at left guard? Is it going to be Tyler? Is it going to be Connor? Like, you're going to be rotating five different positions this weekend against the Jags team that's a lot better than the Texans. So that's my concern. And this is an AT&T stadium where you might have that home field advantage when you're working on offense. And we've seen pre-snap penalties be this team's problem, even at home. And I know the Jaguars, you know, they're not the best team when it comes to, you know, pulling out their fans. And I'm sure a lot of Cowboys fans will be there, but you're traveling on the road in a must win game to keep up with the Eagles. Like this is not really the time to keep rotating. And I know that Tyron needs work. So I get that. So that's why you have to solidify the right side, pick one guy. And I think Peters, if it, you know, we heard uh, that he was one of the guys that said, Hey, Philbin, like I need to go in. And he's like, yeah, no, we're sending you in. So 
like use your veteran presence. Like you are a vet in this league and you, you solidified yourself as one of the best tackles in the past decade. Use that to your advantage and say, guys, like we need to figure this out with Tyron. If you want to rotate me in and out, you know, like final game of the season or against the Titans, like that's a different story. But for the Jags and then the Eagles, like we need to figure this out now and then we can worry about it afterwards. So don't rotate five positions. Mike McCarthy's always talked about that. You know, we don't want to address two problems at the same time. Address one and then figure it out afterwards. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Mm, B2 mentioned Jacksonville. I don't know if any of you know this. I wrote about this. The Cowboys have never won in Jacksonville. Is anybody aware of that? Um, they've only yeah. played there once. I mean, just kind of a fun. Are you serious? Thing. Yeah, I mean they've technically visited the Jaguars twice, but the second time one was, was in London, London, right? Yeah. yeah. So they've uh, they lost their only game there. Uh, to's first game as a member of the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Brandon Clements, again, your team has uh, not only uh, not provided a question, um, they have actually announced you within our chat as the person who should provide it. So we're getting to that point, guys, and you don't have a question. You're kind of really hurting your chances to win this thing. So somebody slack me something. Uh, but Brandon Clements. Buy them some time uh, and tie a bow on this Josh Ball, Jason Peters situation. Danny and uh, David, I'm actually using my phone. So I don't even have access to my Slack. So I'll, I'm going to leave the question in your guys' favor. All right? <laughs> Perfect. Wow. You guys Perfect. <laughs> Sorry, boys. Love it. I love, I love it. Really want it. Hey, you, hey you know, RJ knows all about it. Every time I use my laptop, I have the Tony problems times like 12. So this is kind of how it goes. This thing is labeling internet issues as the Tony problems. How about that? I, I have to give it to somebody, but uh, <laughs> speaking of the offensive line, I know we've been talking about that. You guys have all made some really good points. I do think with, with Hellman, you know, Hellman talking about uh, ball being a good run blocker, then you know what? He's perfect for that glorified heavy uh, fullback position that McGovern's doing. I, I think that's where, where he goes at this point. I don't want him on the offensive line. I just think it's just a bad, it's a bad situation. We've already seen it. I know those two big plays, obviously, uh, you know, were, were the ones that were the spotlight, obviously, but, Josh Ball, obviously, he struggled in the preseason as well. He just he hasn't looked good. Anytime I've seen him on the field, he just doesn't look good. So the only time I want to see him on the field is as as a fullback. Now for the for the five man lineup, you know, when Tyron Smith comes back, which he, he sounds like he's coming back this weekend, I think uh, Tyron Smith is left tackle. I think Tyler Smith slides into right guard. Uh, Biotish is going to be the center, obviously. Zach Martin obviously locked in a, a right guard, and I think Jason Peters is the right tackle. I think that's the best way the best way to do it. Now, if you want to play these, the musical chairs, I mean, I, I don't like that idea because, you know, I'll use the quarterback analogy. If you got two quarterbacks, you got none. So I think you can't have the musical chairs portion of, you know, for the offensive line. But if you're going to, you know, do anything with the right tackle position and maybe Jason Peters can't do a full workload, there's another option. And we, we have enough guards. I mean, we could essentially, and I don't want to see this, but this is a scenario that could play out. Where you could you could put McGovern over at right guard. You could you know you obviously Tyler could play left guard, and then Zach Martin could be right tackle. I don't want uh, that to happen, but it. I would rather have Zach Martin at right tackle over Josh Ball, and that's obvious. You know our you know Zach Martin's a, an All Pro right guard. He's shown that he could play right tackle in a pinch. I'm not I'm, that's 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 going for desperate times. But, but my five is is Tyron Smith, 
Tyler Smith, you got Biotish, Zach Martin, and then uh, you got Jace Peters. That's the lineup right there. That's 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 the money lineup going forward. All right, this was by far the most arguing that happened here so far. Um, the final tally as a result of this question: Team Danny Phantom Menace currently at forty-eight points. Team Hat Trick has a fifty burger on the board. Uh, no thanks to Tony Catalina, I will say that. Yeah. Uh, remember, I do have the player swap. I am interested in hearing from the live audience which players I should swap. Who should I move around? Um, I'm definitely open to hearing um, opinions and thoughts uh, from the crowd. So we did finally get some questions from uh, Team Danny Phantom Menace. Uh, we got one question from David Howman and a different question from Danny Phantom. Um, so I'm going to pick the <laughs> one. Uh, there was no communication that happened there that was smooth. Um, I'm going to pick the one that I think was more interesting. So uh, no offense, Howman. Uh, but this question comes <laughs> from Team Danny. I mean, he was the, he's the namesake. So Team Danny Phantom Menace asks you, Team Hattrick. Um, we kind of kind of danced around this idea you know I, you did b2 talking about like well you know look you got to keep pace you got to go shot for shot with the eagles right now but should the cowboys punt that was danny's word here and try to get ready for the postseason i will amend that to say should the cowboys use this opportunity as an idea of saying we're in we're in this tournament we can use this as not a glorified preseason but if we if we want to get josh ball ready now is the time i mean not not again i don't want to put words in danny's mouth but not forfeit the division or the one c but Treat it as a bit of a luxury that they have because they know they're in the tournament. Team Hattrick, B2, go. Man, uh, I don't, I, that would say a lot about the team, you know, and I think that it, th- that's not a winning mentality, in, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And I, and I do understand the point. Um, you know, you want to keep your guys healthy. We saw what one game can do against a bad opponent. You know, we know that that Eagles game is going to be very physical and, you know, very demanding. You don't know what it's going to turn out to be like for the Cowboys health wise. But I think that to keep, your mentality up, you know, for a championship mentality, you have to play your hardest all the way through. Mike McCarthy constantly talks about December football being the most meaningful part of a season, carrying that momentum into the playoffs. They need to make sure that they, they have a lot of stuff to clean up. And in my opinion, that you use these final weeks, like the Titans are not a good pass defense, like your offense. If you want to fix some things with, you know, wide receivers coming in, new guys stepping in, like you need to use that game to your advantage. And I think that you still need to win the, win these games. And, um, especially to the commanders. I mean, they're not going to be a pushover team and that might be seeding and and still try your best to get that one seed. It's still possible. Um, mathematically, it's a little bit harder with the Eagles keeping uh, pace and, and winning. But you know what? The, the Minnesota Vikings lost. So now you have the tiebreaker over them. Um, and I just think that you need to keep this championship mentality because we saw what happened last season. They were not ready for the 49ers game. That was documented. They were nervous going into that game. You need to play your best in December, and that will carry into the playoffs. Sturge, you brought this up in the chat earlier today. The Philadelphia Eagles cannot clinch um, the the division or obviously the one seed um, this week. But if they win on Sunday against the Chicago Bears, every win they get continues to, to shrink the Cowboys' probability or possibility of winning the NFC East. Dallas needs one Philadelphia loss and to beat them themselves and to not lose any other games outside of that. We can argue about how likely that is, but let's just live in the hypothetical. Uh, And a lot of the commenters are saying, um, like, this is a defeated mentality. I don't think that was the spirit of the question, Danny. You can nod or whatever if you agree. Just kind of, you know, assessing all of the variables. But Sturch, if the Eagles beat the Bears, all of a sudden you're down to this Cowboys-Eagles game, and Philadelphia has New Orleans and the Giants at home in the final two weeks of the regular season. It does it's at least worth asking the question. It's at least worth asking, should should somebody stay healthy? Should you look at this, that? Should you look under every rock? No. Um, I think right now you play until it's not necessary, meaning 
you're going to play all, you know, you play your ass off this week against Jacksonville. Then you got the Philadelphia Eagle game. And while the Eagles more than likely would beat the Bears, right? I mean, I don't see the Bears trying to play spoiler right now. They got the second pick in the draft right now. So it's just like they're going to go out there. The fields might not play. So just let's hypothetically speaking, uh, projecting, let's just think that the, the, whatchamacallit, the, the Eagles win this week and, and Dallas takes care of business. Then you go into next week and you're thinking to yourself, well, what else can the Eagles do to trip up? Well, if we're already starting to talk about punting to go to the postseason, then we don't really care about that. So that's why I think that mentality is not even remotely existent within the Cowboys uh, locker room or anything like that. I think going into that Eagles game, you have to find out no matter what, because you're going to see the Eagles again. You got to find out if you could run with these guys this year. You know what I mean? Like last year, we put 90 points on them in two games. You know what I mean? This year, it's a completely different story. They beat us with Cooper Rush. We come back. This time around on Christmas Eve, national stage, once again, you got to find out if you got it, right? And you know what? Not for nothing. But the Giants coming up this week with the Commanders, they can win that game. I'm not saying they will. They could, right? The Giants might be in a position at the end of the season, in that last game, to either be the the six or the seven, right? Or maybe they're on the outside looking in and they need it, right? Then they're going to play their asses off against the Philadelphia Eagles. And in that regard, the Cowboys got the Commanders. They should take care of business there. And all of a sudden, you're finding yourself in a situation where the one game that Philadelphia slipped up was the season finale after losing to us. We're, we're there. It, the, the scenario is there. So that's why you can't just say, like, oh, you know what? The Eagles are really running around. Then nobody seems to stop them. They just seem to be a locomotive heading to that one seed. Let's just get right, and let's just get that five seed and go on the road. Like, no, man, that, that's such a – It's not. I'm not saying a loser mentality, but – this team has come, has come too far from this year's expectations to where they are right now because we're all feeling flat after the 49ers punched us in the face last year and knocked us out gold, right? So we all came out of this like, oh, I don't know what to expect. Now, all of a sudden, back-to-back 10-win seasons. Guys, the window is now. You know, you don't want to sit there and be like, let's get right for a, an away game in the first round. That's the last thing you want to do. Tony, I'll amend the question slightly for you because we've kind of heard this take um, from, from B2 and from Sturch. Um, say the Cowboys lost to the Jaguars. Or, or or even lost to the Titans on the Thursday night game after, say, they beat the Eagles. But if they do lose and then Philadelphia wins another game, I mean, your odds shrink. So so if we do get to a point, however it happens, that Dallas is is entrenched, locked into the five seed, they are 100% the top odd card team, that week 18 game in Washington, do you punt on that? Are you fine kind of manufacturing your own buy? If it comes down to just that specific hypothetical, you just the one game, do you do you call off the dogs and wait for the wild card round, or do you play to win knowing that you cannot gain or lose anything? We had this exact same conversation a year ago. And, you know, Sturcher is very vocal in saying that you need to go out there and you need to, you know, curb stomp the Eagles in a game that didn't mean anything. Um I was very on the other side of, you know, get healthy, try to, you know, get healthy at that point in time. Now it's a totally different team. It's a totally different year. Like I just don't see them doing that. I don't see them punting on it. I think they really do value the momentum the same. I just can't see Mike McCarthy and his philosophy changing in over 365 days. Right. So last year they, they put up a 50 burger and they embarrassed the Eagles with their backups and that's fine. The Cowboys used it for what they thought was worth it. Right. And I don't think the result of the 49ers game changes anything about their thought process right and and i think if there's any chance that they can win the one seed they're gonna go balls to the wall for that but even if it isn't i still see this team based on what they've shown us in the past they're gonna continue to try to win and put their foot on the necks of people Mm, it's actually fewer than 365 days not more than so thank you tony you know that um by the way if 
if things worked out for the Cowboys, if they won out to week 18 and the Eagles only lost to the Cowboys, then Sturge, to your point, um, the Giants would seemingly be in playoff contention. Dallas would technically have to play that game to win because they would not know the result. And the NFL would obviously schedule them to happen in parallel. Um, so that would kind of take care of that. If the Cowboys I mean, lose to the Jaguars or the Titans, that really kind of takes the wind out of these sure. sales, even if they do beat the Eagles. Sure. Uh, yeah. If that, like I said, you play until it's necessary not to. And if a guy is questionable and on the fence in a game time decision, then yeah, you may be like, all right, look, we got to live. To, this guy's got to live to see another day. You know what I mean? But like, if we're all there and we have a chance to put our best 11 on 11, you know what I mean? And, and like, let's just go out there and do it. You know, get, get the steam rolling, get to the playoffs. I know we did it last year and it kind of bit us in the ass. Like we, we lost that game and it stinks and we all know what happened. But like, I, I firmly believe this year, this team, you fight until the very end until it's not necessary. If we go, like I said, if we, if we trip up this week and Philadelphia wins and you're looking at it as almost a nearly impossible scenario, then you're like, all right, well, let's, let's see what we got. But I think they keep winning. Honestly, I do. Even though um, your team did not want to ask a question, Danny, uh, it was a good one. It was a good conversation topic. Um, since it was your specific question, Danny, your thoughts quickly before we ask your team their question. Yeah, I mean, I asked this question because I knew what the answer was going to be. And, you know, there's a little emotion based. In it, but I think the most important, you know, beating the Eagles and having the number one seed is the second most important thing the Cowboys need to do. And that is because the first one is being able to win in the postseason. And we know we've had this conversation about who should play offensive line. I think that there is greater value in the Cowboys positioning themselves to play their best football and beat Philadelphia in January versus December. So um, to me, I, 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 I'm not going to say that we're going to go and not try to win games. We're going to try to win games. But if it comes between trying different arrangement of offensive linemen to work yourself towards the best and it's going to take some sacrificing i'm willing to do that to me the the, the biggest thing is for the cowboys to be great later not now and, and it's really a tough task what the cowboys have put themselves in as far as catching philadelphia they're, they're not losing games we've squandered a couple opportunities and after what we saw last week to me i feel like this team still needs to do some work to get there so to me i mean it's great but the, the bigger goal is being great in January. Mm. Um, okay, well said, well done. Uh, it's about the war, not the battle, according to um, to spokesman Danny Phantom. All right, uh, Team Hattrick, Brandon Laurie came up with a question. Tony Sturge, you had nothing to do with it, I think. Um, so you're about no, to find yeah, out. No, it, it was a group effort. Seriously, Brandon is such a good dude, you guys, for you know following right, on that. We'll be, we'll be able to tell. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so their question for you guys. Who wants it first? Halman, Danny, Brandon? Who's who's feeling bold? I'm, you get to pick who answers it first, not knowing what the question is. I'll take it. Thank you, God. You guys are really, really sucking. Like, let's there. let's get some initiative here. Kind of like the uh, Cowboys going into the 49er game right there. <laughs> David Howman, what worries you about the Jacksonville Jaguars, the place where the Cowboys have never won a game? It's really simple. Trevor Lawrence is what worries me the most about these Jaguars. And um, you know, back in the preseason, I I wrote an article on blogging the boys that was previewing and predicting every single game on the season. And not all my predictions have turned out uh, exactly as I called Leighton them. Leighton Van Esch was awesome last week, just a while ago. <laughs> Leighton Van Der Esch is incredible. I've never said a bad word about him. Don't check it. Um, but in this Cowboys-Jaguars game, at the time I actually picked the Jaguars with the upset win. And looking at it now, the Jaguars have been playing some really good football lately. And most importantly, Trevor Lawrence has been playing like the Trevor Lawrence that was coming out of Clemson. And – that right there has completely turned things around for this team. So 
Um, you know, this this Dallas defense has all of the tools to where they can go up against a guy as hot as Trevor Lawrence is right now. But at the same time, Trevor Lawrence is just playing out of his mind right now, and he's getting more confident each week. And he's doing it with a head coach and play caller in Doug Peterson, who has some familiarity with a lot of these Cowboys players and has won quite a few games against these Cowboys. And um, that's a really good duo in my mind. So that's that's what worries me about this team. Brandon Clements, what non-Trevor Lawrence thing worries you about the Jacksonville Jaguars? They actually have a decent receiving core. I, I, I think Christian Kirk can really stretch the defense and and give uh, these cornerbacks of the Cowboys fits. I mean, Trayvon Diggs, we all love we all love him. He's the he's the gambler. I mean, he's going to make some big plays, and and sometimes uh, he gets burned a few times. And, and Christian Kirk is that kind of guy that can just uh, go deep. Marvin Jones Jr. is another weapon that the uh, that the Jags have. And then look at look at the former first round pick. Evan Ingram, what a heck of a game he just had this past week. He, that's his career game. I was watching the highlights back, and I'm like, wait a second. Isn't this the guy the New York Giants thought they were getting when they drafted him way back when? So he, he's, he's turned into a decent weapon. And then you also, you know, you obviously have uh, Travis Etienne, who was actually Trevor Lawrence's teammate at Clemson. So there's a little bit of a connection there. And the, the Jags, the Jags are, uh, they're sneaky good. I, I you know, I, they're not going to, they're not going to, you know, they're not going to win any, uh, they're, they're actually, they're second in the division right now. So that's, which that tells you how bad their their division is currently. But the Jags are the Jags are one of those teams you cannot you got you got to play a halfway decent game to beat them because, like Hamid said, I know you mentioned that not to say anything about Lawrence, but Lawrence is playing some of the best ball in his career. It's good to see that he has uh, there's not some dysfunction with the Jacksonville Jaguars like there has been in the recent years. So it's it's one of those things where the Cowboys they need to you know obviously you can't look past this game. I think it's a it's it's going to be one of those games where I'm curious to see what Vegas uh, the final spread is. Because I feel like it's going to be a little bit closer than the experts think. Daniel Phantom. Yeah, no, I mean, that, well said by my uh, partners there. I do think the Jacks triplets are all uh, players to be concerned about. But uh, my biggest concern is actually it's the Cowboys. And after after watching this game where we came one a foot away from one of the most humiliating defeats in Cowboys history, to be able to come out there and actually not play with this arrogance and actually come out there and have, be focused and not over pursue and be disciplined and make the correct reads. This is what's important for this team because this Cowboys team we saw on Sunday, I didn't recognize those guys. I mean, both sides of the ball, they just came out. I mean, do you guys remember when everybody's like patting on Turpin on, and they're like, Hey, it's fine. You know, they're, I mean, which is, you know, you want to consult a teammate, but I almost feel, and maybe you felt this way too. Like, you know, like this was the time to do that because we got this. This is nothing. Everybody's people were smiling. And I just felt like this team has this sense of overconfidence that they're just kind of losing sight of of what they need to do. So my biggest concern is, I mean, honestly, I don't even I don't care about the there's the if the Cowboys play their football, the Jaguar, I don't matter who they could Jaguars aren't going to beat the Cowboys, but it's it's Dallas and the and what they can do that can come in and give us this humiliating loss that we almost had on Sunday. Okay, so uh, our score to this point, we have one quick question and then one kind of closing essay question. Uh, but right now, Team Danny Phantom Menace at 60 points, Team Hattrick at 70 points. Um, I have asked who um, we should swap, and there have been some answers, uh, but the one that I'm going to go with, I'm going to utilize it here. David Smith said Danny and Tony. So, Tony, you are now trailing by 10 points as opposed to leading by 10 points. How are you feeling? Not good. I'm on the losing side here. <laughs> um, okay. So our quick question, um, 
this is kind of a who's line sort of game. This show is nothing like who's line, but this particular thing is like who's line. We're going to go one word sentence on T.Y. Hilton, the addition, the acquisition, whatever you want. But we're going to go through each of you three times. So as a team, you're going to go in order of forming a sentence saying one word at a time. So our teams now, Danny, Sturge, and B2, you're going to go Danny, one word, Sturge, one word, B2, one word, and you have to form a sentence three rounds through. So Danny, Sturge, B2, Danny, Sturge, B2, Danny, Sturge, B2. It has to be a sentence. Then we'll follow it up with Howman, Tony, Brandon, Howman, Tony, Brandon, Howman, Tony, Brandon. Does that make sense? <laughs> Everybody got it. Everybody understand? I know that was a little bit complicated. Sure. Yeah. All right. I so like verbs and adjectives. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. There's, there's a little bit of teamwork going on here. And it's your first activity after swapping teams. Uh, it's going to be a little bit of fun. So that We're being pros. said, We're pros. Uh, Phantom. Let's get it. Uh, Danny now. Phantom, kick things off. One word sentence on T.Y. Hilton. Three rounds through. You, Sturge, B2. Ready, set, go. This guy has speed. No, start any sex. I thought we were going this, like this. Like no, like no, no, back, no, like a snake. No, no, no not Sorry, snaking. Like no, not normal, snaking. normal draft. So this guy sure. has Danny the ability to take Sturge. <laughs> Damn it! Can you move Sturge and Tony? <laughs> dude, I, dude, dude, this what guy kind has, of draft doesn't do a snake draft. Come on, this guy point. has the ability to Danny make. Plays. Oh, land man. the plane. <laughs> uh, uh, Sunday. <laughs> that was awesome. That was question, that was question mark. A lot of people. A lot of people would have said a lot and not realized that that's two words. Oh man. <laughs> uh, this Dude, is um. Kevin took away five points from you. Oh, um and and then b2 uh for no, no pausing i'm I'm not gonna yeah. take away those points brandon that was hard uh sturge set you up really 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 poorly sturge <sighs> was the anchor weighing y'all down on that exercise um Damn. they had to Sorry, go first they, Sorry, were, they, were, they were the guinea pigs howman tony brandon that is the order just to be clear as i said <laughs> howman tony brandon howman tony brandon howman tony brandon howman go first hilton is Really talented and fast, and <laughs> we will. That was <laughs> all right. So, wait, wait, wait. So, what's worse, me going out of order or them coming up with an incomplete sentence? Like, come on. <laughs> Who, whose idea was this? Yeah. Tony this Tony was? killed that because y'all were hanging on until Tony Tony's last word really, really, really sunk that battleship. Wow, um, so the Paisans are just dragging us yeah. all. <laughs> we uh, don't know the English was, language. It's that hard when really... his, mouth, his mouth does a move, but then he's, we hear words. Right. Um, <laughs> guys, that was really bad. Um, I would say the best performance was B2. Howman did all right. Um, Danny, I mean, you okay. Um uh, Brandon won, you know, survived, but yeah. Sturge was the worst. And, and no, Tony was the worst. <laughs> Tony, you had you shocked. had to know. You 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 had to I'm set shocked Brandon say that. up, dude. Um, wow, that was uh, Kevin took away uh, five points. Said just sad. sad. So, all right, I'm sabotaging this team. Never do that again. It was comedy, um, was, RJ. It was comedy. It's all good. I was really excited. I thought maybe we'd get some teamwork here. You know what I mean? We'd have some fun. Um, little did I know you guys would just embarrass all of us. Um, man, step all over each other. Um, all right. I sabotaged the team. 
Last question. Um, the losers um, currently get to go first. That's Team Danny Phantom Menace, which Danny Phantom is no longer a part of, by the way. Uh, 60 points. Uh, team Hattrick at 70. So Team Danny Phantom Menace, you have to win this round by 11 points if you want to win. This question, like your team name, was inspired by Danny Phantom. Are the Cowboys overconfident? David Hellman. I would not say that they're overconfident because I think that as a team, you have to be confident. You have to be going into every game expecting that you know, this that you can win and that you have the talent to win, but you are the better team. Um, I think when you're going against a team like the Texans, I, I think every team has games like this where they're they're heavily favored. They're kind of looking at the schedule and saying, oh, well, we need the Eagles to lose. We need to really win that game on Christmas Eve. The Texans, I mean, everybody in, in Cowboys land all over Twitter and in, in, in all, all of our articles, we're, we weren't really taking the Texans seriously either. Like, let's be honest. We, we really didn't show them the same kind of respect or appreciation that we have other teams because everyone figured that the Cowboys were going to roll. It sunk into the team too. It happens, but they didn't actually, they didn't actually lose. They didn't actually get hurt by it. And, you know, we saw when, when they lost to the Packers, they came out the next week, they absolutely ripped apart the Vikings. We've seen how this team responds when they kind of play down, they, they let up a little bit. And that is, to me, the, the, bigger, the better example of their mental fortitude and the fact that they can back up that confidence because they have the talent and they have the skill set. And I think coming up, up against the Jaguars, wanting to wash out the bad taste out of their mouths from this game, we're going to see that go over again. B2. Yeah, I, I don't think so. I, I you know, setting you know, simple plug for for the podcast that I do with Jess, uh, the writer's block. We had a special guest on, and I'll tease it so that you guys go and listen to it, um, who's in tune with the Houston sports community. And he said that all the fans and everybody that he was talking to said, well, if we're going to win one game this year, you know, we have to beat the Cowboys. And I think that that goes undervalued. That probably trickles into the locker room. You know, these guys, they have something to play for, and they were an aggressive team. The Texans, they have nothing to lose, right? You know, so they had something to prove to to be you know the winners the best team in texas and i think that you know that kind of went under the radar a little bit and then they brought out the two quarterbacks and i think that caught the cowboys off guard a little bit and yes they should have been prepared for that because they have two mobile quarterbacks within the division but i do think that that's going to be what i think you're going to see in the eagles game come christmas eve like a very very tight game with a mobile quarterback a running back that can you know be explosive and not necessarily the wide receiver threats but it's going to be a close contested match so i don't think they're overconfident i just think that the texans probably brought a little bit more oomph, you know, on Sunday. And that's just to be expected because they're not a winning football team right now. B1. No, they weren't overconfident. I, I just think Lovey Smith and his coaching staff did a great job getting getting the, the boys ready to go. It was the battle for Texas, as B2 said. So it, that's that's where it comes down to it. It's the, the, the Cowboys, the, as an organization, the, every NFL team, you know, can beat any NFL team on any any given Sunday, as, uh, as Tony uh, D'Amato would say in any given Sunday. So... I mean, that, that to me, the overconfidence thing, that's a little over overblown. The only overconfidence they had was in Josh Ball. I think uh, for a short time, they had him in the game for way too long. So the coaching staff's overconfidence in Josh Ball would be the only takeaway there. But this is this is just a case of the Cowboys played sloppy. They turned the ball over. And, you know, they at the end of the day, they won the game. So at the end, that, that's all that really matters. The game, the game, they, they, walked, they walked out of the stadium with a victory. That's all that really matters. Danny, you were the one who said yes, and so far we have three no's. Yeah, I, I think we are. I, I think there, there is a culture in this team where I think they just believe that they're unbeatable. And, you know, like even the post, 
post game against the, the Niners, you know, they're they're like surprised. I and mean, McCarthy's surprised. Well, you know, he thought we were better, and they're blaming officiating. And I even saw the presser in this last week. He t- t- he's just like he feels like he. I feel like he's oblivious to the fact that his team is not out there playing for four quarters and 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 playing good football. We're coming across. I mean, this this Houston game isn't the first game we've taken of you know a really close game in the fourth quarter. We've it's we've done it with the Colts. You know, Washington, I mean, the Detroit, I mean, look at that one in the fourth quarter. I mean, the Cowboys are doing this. It's like play better. And so to me, I feel like they just feel like they're going to flip a switch and everything's going to be be fine. And I'll tell you what, we're going to run into a team like San Francisco again or Philadelphia, and that's not going to fly. So he needs to have this team playing better, coming out stronger. And I just don't, I, I, I just feel like they're, they're just not focused right now. And I, I do think there's a little bit of arrogance and I know everyone loves the swagger, but Tell you what, you gotta you gotta show up and make plays if you're gonna be like that, that team. And the Cowboys, they're they're putting a lot of football on display where they're not doing that recently. We're down to one member from each team, the Paisans. And so you both and everyone in here knows we're tied at 75 appropriately for Josh Ball. Uh so it's, really, it's really gonna come down to Tony versus Sturch. So Tony Catalina, are the Dallas Cowboys overconfident? I don't think there are any more. I think they walked into the Houston game feeling themselves a little bit. I don't care what they said in the media. I don't care what lines they fed us. I think they really did feel themselves going to that Houston game. But after the way that game went down, I don't think they have any reason to believe. I think that was exactly the reality check this football team needs moving forward. I think this win was taught in a lesson, right? I think a lesson was taken from this game. And I think that they're going to really... um get some things from this right moving forward they're going to be able to learn you know we saw some things from i can't remember i think it was i think i was there the last time dak prescott orchestrated a game winning drive against the patriots before the injury um you know so it's been a while that we've seen dak prescott come out and and do something like that so that was that was really important to see we saw our team face adversity they were able to overcome that they played bad for 58 minutes and still won an nfl football game so there's something to be said about that um you know i think that you know these are reality checks and i and I'm all about learning lessons, but if a lesson can be won in a win, then then that's the even better. So the Cowboys, yeah, I think they may have came in overconfident, but they are definitely not that anymore. Dave Sturgeo, take us home. In the NFL, if you don't think you're going to win every game, then you shouldn't be in the NFL. That's straight up. That's 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 dog mentality. You have to have that. I'm not saying the Cowboys are overconfident by any stretch. In fact, watching sounds of the sidelines this afternoon, I saw Dak Prescott. Right, even before they got the ball back, even before the stop even happened, he said, we're going to win this game. We're going to win this game. And that's the kind of leader that you need in situations like this. The Cowboys found themselves in a situation where they were about to be embarrassed in front of the entire world, and they made sure that they answered that call. Okay, but that's confidence because they know that despite the fact that for 58 minutes they looked like crap, they went out and won a football game, and that's not easy. Every time the Cowboys have lost a game this year, they've bounced back in a big, big way in my opinion. And sometimes the score will dictate it. Sometimes the score won't. Uh, one of the bounce backs was with Cooper Rush. So you really can't say that, you know, in, in that regard. But what I will say is this, you have to be confident. You have to have this swag. You have to, there's no if, ands or buts. You got to go out there and just, just punch your opponent in the mouth every single time. That's not overconfident. There's no, you're not going to get to the, to the podium and say like, you, you know, don't you think you guys are walking around cocking? Like, well, yeah, well, we should be like we're better than them. We should win that game, and they did. I would be singing a whole different tune to all all of you guys here tonight if they would have tripped up and lost this game. I would have. I would have said like, 
man, these guys, I can't believe this. But that 98-yard drive, it doesn't happen every day. We saw two in the NFL within like a four-day stretch, which is kind of crazy. But what we saw was Dak Prescott was not going to let this team become a victim of past experiences of blowing games like that. He made sure he got the job done. The Cowboys are walking around confident, not overconfident. Hmm. Well, well, well done. Um, guys, outside of um, the the one t- sentence thing, I mean, really just an incredible night all the way around. One of you earned five points on that final answer. One of you earned six points. So, I mean, really just razor thin margin for error around here. Um, Tony Catalina, you almost took your team, your new team, 98 yards for the score, <laughs> but you did not. Danny Phantom Menace, 80. Team hat trick, Tony. That means you lost. Uh, team hat trick. I'm riding with my squad. <laughs> uh, wow. Uh, real solidarity here. BTB roundtable winner, team hat trick. The only winners, Danny Phantom, Dave Sturcio, and Brandon Laurie. Nobody else. Uh, Danny, how do you feel um, as uh, an original member, obviously, of Team Hat Trick? Um, are you proud? Are you ashamed? Are you embarrassed? Like, where are your emotions? Honestly, you know, I don't feel, you know, it's deserved. I really think that the, you know, the other guys were better, and um, Swap so it. so honestly, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, they, you know, my the the other team made some good points, and uh, I honestly, I think we were we looked silly all night, to be quite honest. Uh, so I just think uh, I know I'll take it. You know, it's kind of like the Houston game; don't deserve it, but I'll take it. Um, Brandon Laurie, how do you feel? You named the team. Do you feel responsible for the energy that you created? Uh, I think it's a collective team effort, uh, even with the addition of, of Danny. Um, we're not going to exclude any uh, teammate that, that comes to our team. Uh, Captain Sturcio led us through from beginning to end. Um, so, you know, uh, hats off to you, literally. Mm. Um, you know, you guys were the only team who submitted a question uh, without having to be told several times. Uh, yes, that includes you, Danny Phantom. Um, we submitted two. And you were the only team who actually, to your point, Sturge, formed a complete sentence in the sentence challenge. <laughs> Granted, there were some missteps along the way. A couple um, false start penalties. No big deal. We, um, we rebounded. <laughs> are you proud of the effort that you guys put forth, Sturge? Yeah, of course. I mean, look, outside of the whole trade uh, at the trade deadline, which, you know, was. I think we got fleeced, <laughs> to be honest with you, but that's just the way it is. But we won this game. It takes uh, a team effort. It takes Danny to to rally with his new squad. You know, he fit right into his brand new locker, right in our organization. Brandon, or Danny is Ty Hilton right now. Danny that's is Ty Hilton, and he provided yeah. a nice little spark. He's not gonna he's not gonna have your 150 yard games, but he's gonna make plays. He's gonna draw attention, and that's exactly what he needed to do for me and Brandon to take this bitch home. Sorry, <laughs> Brandon Clements. Um, do you feel robbed? Do you feel like Tony weighed you down? No, Tony didn't weigh us down. Uh, he I, did. I we, like mathematics. I'm looking at the results. He did. So um. I, I would say it was objective. I think RJ. I think RJ. I think he tanked it on on us for us. So that's okay. Wow. So, Tony. Tony. Tony did a hell of a job. I think Tony. Uh, I think we got the win, but that's okay. Uh, RJ. Um, I think we need to redo the scoring system just a little bit. You know, the scoring system is infallible. Um, there's a, a you know just an incredible methodology that goes into this. Um, you guys had a chance. The one sentence game really tripped y'all up. I mean, just kind of you know that was a, a really interesting exercise. David Howman, do you feel like this was fair? Do you feel like the tabulator is flawed, which is wrong? But do you feel that way? <laughs> I don't. I don't feel like the tabulator was flawed, but you got Tony over here, you know, cheering when he loses. So I, <laughs> I don't think it was fair. But I'm not taking the issue up with RJ. I, I feel like you know, I, Tony. Tony said he was sabotaging us. I feel sabotaged. I, I, I tell think you I might what. Try to trade him for a fifth round pick in the off season. Wow. Oh, yeah, these these commenters are too good because I was teeing up an Amari Cooper line, and and my man Kevin stole that from me, so I can't even use it now. So boo. 
Tony, it's, I mean, it's just only complaining happening from you here. Like, I mean, you know, there's no real like positive energy being, you know, delegated towards anybody here. Do you have anything hey. nice to say about anybody? Yeah, they couldn't handle my twenty million dollar cap, so they sent me off for a second. <laughs> <laughs> can I just can I just one more, add one more thing? Howman, you were sitting there like Trevor. I know this is not going to drag on another conversation, but you, you were talking Trevor Lawrence, Jaguars rolling. You know, December eleventh. What's today? This, uh, this is today is December thirteenth. Good job. Uh, okay, no, I'm saying all right. So December fourth, the Jaguars got trounced by the Detroit Lions 40, 40 to 40. Well, Trevor Lawrence oh. got injured in that game, Sturge. Yeah, yeah, his yeah, knee yeah. was ripped exactly. apart. Yeah, Plus, the Detroit Lions are rolling right now. Fighting yeah, Thomas Thomas, baby. Uh, you know what, chaps. Sturge? I mean, Howman has believed in the Lions all season long, similar to how you believed in the Carolina Panthers a year ago. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Well, time out. The Panthers, <laughs> the Panthers are one game out of first place in the NFC South. It was a year ago that you thought that the three thought, and zero Carolina thought, Panthers were going to present a problem for the Cowboys. No, 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 I thought you said. I thought you said this year. I might have mentioned the Panthers this year, and you said you're doing it again. Or something Halman like remembers. That. I know he does. Uh, Halman, am I wrong? Search was all about the Panthers. Oh, a year I, ago. yeah, I remember. I remember just like it was yesterday. Um, wow, <laughs> McCaffrey, um, the defense, everything was good. <laughs> wow, um, Danny, do you have anything nice to say about your team? Since Tony didn't for his new team, I mean, no, like. I I actually feel embarrassed. I got, <laughs> you know, starts bringing up Panthers, you know, expansion teams. You know what? I've had enough of this. Uh, Tony, you are now part of the winning team. Uh, this was just too much, uh, too much, honestly. In fact, let's try this one time. Howman, Danny, Brandon, one sentence about T.Y. Hilton. All the way around. Howman, go. Hilton will be awesome. He said two words. Yikes. You had one job, Brandon. Okay, let's Tony. Tony, try it with your your original team. Let's get this. Tony Sturge, Brandon, the winners for tonight. One sentence. T. Y. Hilton. Three rounds. Go. T. Y. Hilton. Explosion. On. The. Field. Sunday. At. Noon. That's not Boom. the best sentence of all time. It, it was it still a sentence, boys. Still a sentence. <laughs> it was better than I expected. Yeah, I mean, uh, Brandon, you actually took things down a, a, an interesting turn with the explosion. Yeah, um, yeah I was gonna say, yeah. man, that was that was like past tense. I was like, what is happening? Yeah, gotta keep a good word in there. <laughs> wow. Um, so, um, Brandon, uh, B two, I will allow you to pick anybody you want um, that is not Halman, Danny, Brandon, or Sturch, or me. To make a random noise as we leave, you can pick whatever you want the noise to be. Those are the rules. I'm having um, Wi-Fi issues, and, and uh, I would like oh, it to be a truly it. random noise. I'm sick of this, like, oh, a penguin or a monkey. Like, I want something, you know, totally, completely random. I want Tony to have to make something that we are just not at all thinking whatsoever. Uh, Tony, in honor of the holiday season, uh, make a noise that Rudolph uh, would make. There we go. Oh, um, damn, that's a good one. I don't know if you can hear it. He's Tony Rudolph flies. There is no that's him landing on the roof. My man landing on the roof there. Red nose and all. Tony, what was that? You could have gone with like a like his nose. His nose like lit up like that's that would have been awesome. That's fair enough. RJ, maybe we should get you doing this now. You know what, Tony? That's enough. You know what, Tony? You're you're back on the on the losing team. Congratulations, Danny. For winning tonight. Danny, make a noise Everyone like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Tonight. Danny, you have the tree lit up in the background. Give us Danny, a Rudolph do sound. It.
What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.